All right, all right, all right. Happy New Year, everybody. Real Estate Talk Podcast, Season 2. About to bring you some more facts and information about real estate. So, if you haven't already, please hit that subscribe button. Let us know that you love it by liking it. Be sure to hit that bell notification so you don't miss any new content. In addition, you might be finding us on Spotify or Apple uh, Podcast or some other streaming platform. This will be actually season one for you guys. This is the first time we're trying to bring it to the streaming services and away from YouTube. Sorry, YouTube, we still love you, but you know, hey, we've got to keep expanding. So anyhow, into today's topic. If you're a homeowner, how do you know that you're living in a, I don't know, good neighborhood or bad neighborhood? You know, maybe you're, maybe you're thinking, I don't know, your real estate agent sold you a, a bad goods or something about the neighborhood that you're living in. Maybe you asked them to help you get into a good neighborhood and you ended up in a neighborhood and you're like, this isn't so good. Or maybe you're a home buyer. You're kind of looking around, doing some research, trying to find out, hey, what's a good neighborhood? What's a bad neighborhood? And or maybe you're just kind of thinking that sometime in the future you'd like to live somewhere you just don't know yet. Either way. Anyhow, we're going to talk about that and more, but... We have a disclaimer for everybody, don't we, Josh? Absolutely. First, so the topics that we're going to cover today can be sensitive to some. The topic is not to create division, but mm. understanding from all. So without further car- without further <laughs> delay, we're going to start the die course, but we want to start with a toast for 2024, the new year. All right. Cheers, everybody. <clears throat> Cheers, Cheers, everybody. <clears throat> oh, by the way, guys, we're drinking some wonderful tea. tea. You know, I'm taking my tea, what looks like tea, on the rocks. I, I think uh, we have a couple guests with us right now. And we might as well introduce them, you know, while we're having a toast. We have Shakar Ankrum. He's a real estate agent, Army vet, former Newport News police officer cool. in Newport News, Virginia. <laughs> and he is also... Uh, a former Mercedes-Benz Audi sales manager, so he used to sling Mercs over to the affluent. So, welcome to the podcast. Hey, hey well, thank you, thank you, thank you. We also have Melissa Sandrosky, also known as Mel. She is a real estate agent, investor, and the fashionista of all real estate agents in Hampton Roads. Welcome to the show, Mel. Thank you, thank you. Glad all to right. be here. All right, so we just have our tea time celebration. Mel is sipping on what appears to be grape juice. That's right. How's that grape juice? It's great. Okay, and Shacker see, seems he's to be sassy tea. That's right. He's good old, good old Carolina sun tea is what I call it. <laughs> oh, you don't know nothing about that. No, I don't know anything about no. that. Is that a tea from Long Island? No, no, it's a South Carolina thing, man. Oh, okay. Yeah, well, we I'm sit just... the tea outside, and literally, it brews in the sun. Nice. Oh. This, is, this is Carolina sun tea. Does it? Does the sun activate the tea? Yes. Is that how that works? <laughs> oh, it okay. activates everything. Oh, okay. <laughs> Sounds good. I guess it infuses it with vitamin D. Anyhow, guys, listen, ladies and gentlemen, our audience, you know, there's some factors that you have to consider when you ask your real estate agent if a neighborhood is good or bad. One, we're not going to tell you. You know, the reason why we can't tell you if a neighborhood is good or bad is because we have to adhere to fair housing laws. But we're going to give you some more information, you know, so you know, stay with us a little bit. 
So what I mean by fair housing laws, there's basically three things that we must avoid at all times. That's steering, blockbusting, and you might have heard this before, is redlining, you know? So I'll give you an example, guys. You probably heard of blockbusting. You think that's, you know, actually a good thing, like blockbuster movie, right? Yeah. It's kind of anything but. You're aging yourself by talking about blockbuster. Right. A lot of folks don't know what that is, man. This new generation, they don't know what that is. I know, man. Shit. I can't keep up with it. Anyhow, blockbusting for us old folks. But anyway, and new folks, too. So... um, Let me give you an example. So let's say I'm a scumbag, piece of shit, real estate agent. And let's say that I have no morals or values. And I want to participate in some good old-fashioned blockbusting. So this is what I would do if I was a scumbag. I would target a neighborhood where the demographics were changing, so to speak. And what I would do is I would target a homeowner over there, and I would you know, first see if he had any equity in the house. I can do that on the back end by looking in, you know, the public records to see when he bought the house, do some reverse math and figure out if he played his bills on time, he would have some, you know, equity remaining. I need to know he's got a lot of equity remaining because as a scumbag, I have to make sure he can sell for a lot lower amount than what the home is worth. So I'll go over to him and I'll say, Mr. Seller, thinking about selling this house? And he'll be like, no, I'm, I'm fine just where I'm at. And I'll say, yeah, I completely understand that you're comfortable where you're at. But I don't know if you have noticed this, but the demographics around the neighborhood has been changing. There's certain people moving in. Have you noticed that? Well, I, I, I yeah, of course I, I have noticed it. Yeah, you know the uh, Johnson family, six doors down? Yeah, well, I sold their house. And you know what? They got 215000 for it. Yeah. And you know, <clears throat> you know the Smith family? They're about three doors down. You know, they got about... $205,000, so $10,000 less. You see, the Smith family was acting a little bit later than the Johnson family. You see how the time goes on that it decreases in value of the house. So, Mr. Seller, I implore you to hurry up and sell, and I can get you into a neighborhood where it's more like your values and more people like you. Does that make sense? Oh, yeah. I was like, because, look, you know, those people, those people, they're going to come in and uh, they're going to bring their old ways with them. And pretty soon the neighbor is just going to keep reducing in value. <clears throat> and before you know it, you know, I could give you $200,000 for this house now. But, uh, I mean, you wait about six more months, it really could be like one ninety. I mean, do you really want to keep losing your equity? Well, no, of course not. You know, that could be you know, racial demographics and stuff like that when I gave that example. But it could also be, you know, protected classes, right? Correct. So let's say I was to reverse that a little bit and and just say like certain people, I would just say something like, I see inside your house, you seem like a very Christian fellow. Do you really want to come out your front door every day and see a bunch of rainbow flags? Mm. No, of course not. Let's move you into a more Christian community. Closest to your church. Where's your church at? First Baptist Church or wherever. Okay, let's get you a house near that. Does that sound good? Yeah. That's blockbusting. Basically what I'm doing in that example is I'm taking fear and I am using that as leverage to force somebody basically to sell their house for a lot lower amount of money for 
fast amount of time, fastest amount of time as possible. And as an agent, I'm recouping a commission on the listing side as well as helping them buy a house on the buy side. And if I'm an investor, I'm getting it for a cheap amount of money so I can resell that property later to whoever wants to buy it, really. It doesn't even matter what demographic. Yeah, the investors don't care. Green is no. green, right? Green yeah. is green. But that, in a sense, is, I mean, it could go to people with disabilities, too. You could say, hey, three doors down, a group home just opened up. And do you really want a bunch of mentally disabled or developmentally disabled people running around your neighborhood and running into your yard and everything and possibly entering your house if you leave the door unlocked? You're just using fear to to get a uh, to get a response into selling that house. So that is a good classic example of blockbusting and that also keeps neighborhoods lower. It lowers their values uh, over time and it's one of the reasons why it's a prohibited practice under fair housing. But you got two other ones. That's steering and redlining. Who's got who wants to do the steering? Well, steering, I'll talk about that real quick. Okay. Yeah. So steering is almost just the opposite of what you just spoke on. Yeah. Uh, it's basically <coughs> this, what do you call the agent? A scumbag. A scumbag. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> scumbag. I couldn't, couldn't remember which word you used. I need to take a shower now talking <laughs> about that. So, so Mr. Scumbag Agent, he takes his client and he actually takes his client to neighborhoods that he feels like this client should live in based on his class or his race or creed. Um, and, and that, that too, is a, poses a big problem. Uh, basically, I take a brother who I think is from inner city, mm-hmm. and I'm going to show him only houses in inner city. That's mm-hmm. a problem. That's a big problem. I take a Jewish guy, and I find communities that only Jewish people live in. That's a problem. Yeah. You know, um, but as you were talking and you, and you talked about your story, my biggest question, too, is do you think this is really happening? It's not supposed to happen, but I wouldn't doubt that it still is. Yeah. I, I, I can almost <laughs> imagine it happening. How about you, Josh? Absolutely. I'm going to get into mine. I'm, yeah. sa- I'm saving the <laughs> nuclear bomb here the nuclear, for, yeah. <laughs> for yes. the next one. But yeah, absolutely. Still going on to this day. And uh, I'll back that up with some facts. Ouch. Ouch. We're about to hear some good old hot tea. Now he's got tea. hot tea. He doesn't have sun tea. <laughs> Josh is coming with some hot tea. I think, I think also, too, unintentionally, too. I think, you know, not being educated of what people really want can lead to staring in an unintentional way. Yeah, 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 yeah. Like, what do you think? I just, without communicating with them, just assuming that a Latino family want to live in there, a Latino family just for comfort, because people like to be around people they know, love, and trust, right? Yeah. Or people that look like that. Most of the time, you, your, comfort, your comfort level goes way up when you're around people that look like you. So unintentionally, you might assume, instead of having that upfront, uncomfortable conversation to say, you know, I can present you with all the facts, I can't steer you to somewhere, and this is what it's called. Well, here, here, let's throw another monkey in there. What do you do when your client requests? requests? It. Ooh. They tell you, hey, I need, to, <laughs> I need you to find me a Jewish community. What do you do? Oh, we'll get in a little bit more of that here in a second. Let's uh, let's find out what uh, that that bomb that Josh is <laughs> yeah. talking about was redlining. I'm wanting to know what's that. Let's serve that hot tea. We need a sound off of that so, one. So, mm-hmm. so the next one that I'm covering... There it is. <laughs> uh, is redlining. Okay. 
And redlining worked like this, and it was a practice that was used before 1968 when it was the Fair Housing Act was created as a part of the Civil Rights Act. It would be like, hey, if you are of African-American descent, you can only buy houses over there. If you were white, you could buy houses here. And it really was kind of tailored towards African-Americans staying over there on that side. And so the bank here in the middle would say, hey, you want to buy a house over here? I'm going to disapprove your loan. Mm. You have to stay back over there where we want you to be at. Okay? So just recently... Speak Navy, on it. Navy Federal Speak Credit Union. <laughs> oh, shoot. Oh, man. I knew it was going there. I was, knew he was going there. It, they are alleged to Allegedly. have disapproved over 50% of all minorities who applied for home loans. Now, the thing that's very troubling is if you listen to Navy Federal's slogan, our members are the mission, but their members consist of veterans who put their lives on the line for this country. And to think that they would say, oh, you risked your life for this country, but I'm not going to give you a loan because of the color of your skin or your ethnicity. Just really just it really upsets me. I, I can't even put it into words to correctly articulate how it upsets me yeah they they hired some hot shot civil rights attorney to come in and look at all their stuff to make sure their practices are right but i feel like that's just a reactionary response did they did you do you see any literature as to why they they did the 50 percent? it's all still in the investigation allegedly right. and and you know, I you know I, I actually spoke to an agent uh, re, like very shortly after CNN broke the story, and he said flat out to me, "Oh, don't worry, this stuff will be swept underneath the rug." And this agent sounded very confident in the fact that it was going to be swept underneath the rug. Now, I don't know, maybe it will be, but just the fact of it alone just it has to hurt you yeah, as a veteran as a minority veteran there's no way that you cannot sit silently on the sidelines and say hey i'm going to continue to do business with this institution who doesn't value me as a member hmm. so i've been contemplating just going there and taking my money out and maybe moving it to somewhere else where i'm more welcome because if people who look like me aren't able to borrow my money to borrow to buy their house, then my money shouldn't be with them because that's how the banking institution works. We all put our money into the bank and the banking system is based on a fractional dollar, meaning that for every dollar that we have in our bank accounts, they're allowed to loan that money 10 times. Hmm. So if I have $50,000 in my account, they can loan that. $500,000. Wow. Yeah, just have to have 10, 000, uh, 10 in, in the actual Yeah, they have to keep cash payment, on hand right. as required by the government. Uh, they have to keep cash on hand. But still, their ability to lend money 
is based on my wanting to have my money with them. Correct. And every other veteran. Correct. And if we all say, hey, we don't feel like we're welcome. We, we're seeing the, the storylines and they're not good. We're going to move our money. Then that hurts them. Now, some people say, hey, don't say that. That's what happened to Silicon Valley Bank when they went under. It was a run on the banks. But no, seriously, if you are going to disapprove home loans to people who look like me, then I shouldn't have my money with you. That's how I feel. I feel the same way. Um, and it's cool because it's, we're sitting here with a room full of veterans. Uh, right. I, don't, yeah. I don't know if all of point us. that out. We're all veterans here. Right. So yeah. we built we built their uh, their client base. Uh, you guys know the the way how Navy Fed, uh, Navy Fed worked is that you had to be referred in to be a member. Right. So absolutely, yeah. Everybody that they're making money off of is off of our backs. So right. I, I definitely feel you one hundred percent on that. And so where this practice of redlining really hurts and hits home is it creates a wealth gap in certain areas of the cities. So in this area of the city over here, businesses and institutions are selective on whether or not they want to put their establishment over here because this is where the minorities are. And over here is where the people I want to serve are and they are, you know, they have more economic, more wealth. So I'm going to put my building here. So what happens is, is, and we can break this down even right here in our own area, and for those of you who are listening, if you do this research, I'm sure you'll come up with a similar result. Right now, where we sit, I can name five hospitals within a 10-minute drive. Ten. If you go into some of our areas that were affected by redlining, still today, this law was passed in 1968. We are now 55 years removed or passed when the law was passed. And there are still cities right now Where the lines are that still have <laughs> one hospital to serve 300,000 people. Preach. And... If I'm feeling ill in the morning when I wake up and I don't want to go to the hospital because I don't feel that it is a necessarily an emergency, I can go to somewhere that is privatized, like an urgent care, a patient first, Velocity is another one that's out here. Right now, there's probably 10 of them within a five-mile radius of us. But if you go into some of these areas that were affected by redlining right now today they still don't have an urgent care in those neighborhoods and the reason why is because the wealth gap has been created and people have said hey we're a poor we're a for-profit business and so therefore we can decide if we want to put our establishments over there we know the law is in existence however we choose to say where we want to put our business correct they know there's no insurance down there (laughs) well that's that's the reason why yeah. a medical institution would say that yes, correct. But there are several other things that if you look around and you're asking yourself if you're a home buyer and you're out there saying, hey, is this a good neighborhood? Is this a bad neighborhood? Well, there are a few things that you can check. How many medical facilities are there in the area that you're considering staying in? Uh, what are the school systems like in the areas that you're staying in? The reason why the school systems aren't as good as other areas is because they've been affected by redlining and the economic wealth uh, 
gap that was created due to redlining. And it's still 55 years later, and those areas are still trying to recover from a law that was passed in this country. So until people start investing money into those neighborhoods and those areas in a a large amounts of money, because you have to cover a, a long time, a gap, you have to cover it from the time that it was first started up until now. You have to invest more and more and more money into it in order to pick up the gap. Well, it's hard to pick the gap up because the reality is, as you explained everything, as someone who's been struggling to to, to make money, when you begin to make money, the first thing you're going to do move is out move the away. <laughs> so where's the money go? Yeah. But that's why practices like steering and blockbusting and stuff like that is why they're prohibited practices. And if there's any agents out there that are still doing that, y'all got to knock that off, man, because that's what's going to be holding up investments into some of these communities affected by redlining, as Josh explained. So how do you st- if you don't do these un- these uh, violations of fair housing laws practices, then um, maybe you'll see new development, uh, new investments in some of these areas. And maybe over time, I mean, w- we know of examples of areas that were run down, then all of a sudden they're hot now. You know, it's just, then you get into another thing. I don't want to get too far in the weeds, but then you get into what's called gentrification, what a lot of people say. Yeah. So when investment does come in, all right, well, then it pushes other people out that are lower income. Mm-hmm. And Yeah, because gentrification is the byproduct of redlining. Yeah. So when you basically squeeze this area so much and you oppress it so much, it's only going to continue to go down. And so, therefore, the developers, the builders, the people who they want to go in and build up the neighborhoods are able to go in there with the lowest amount of investment and build it up and make it better than what they say it was. And, you know, I know you, for example, Shaq, you are from Charleston. Correct. Which had a huge gentrification Gentrification. happen. Correct. Same thing that's slowly happening to Norfolk right now. Absolutely. So it, so just uh, for the audience to understand what kind of redlining is, right? So back, can you take me back to the, when was it, the 50s? or 1968. 68, okay. As part of the Civil Rights Act is when the fair housing uh, law was created. So what were they doing with redlining? Uh, explain how that. How so that... it was called a redline. I'm going to borrow your uh, notepad here, Melissa. And Josh is going to scribble down. There we go. Yeah, yeah, just to show it to an an example. So you had the downtown area. I'll hold this up here after we draw it. You had your downtown. Yeah, drew a circle. That's the downtown area. And then you had the area that was around the downtown area. You draw a line circumferencing the downtown area. Okay. And then they said, hey. We're only going to give the minorities this section over here. This looks like you just cut that by a quarter. <laughs> <laughs> That's not even a quarter. <laughs> this is the minority section over here. If you tried to buy a house outside of this area, the banks in this area would deny your loan. So only the banks within that small quarter section would approve for minorities and the ones outside of it wouldn't? The No, the banks... We're in the downtown areas. Okay. And so if you wanted to buy a house and you put an offer in on a house, you could only buy houses that were in this area. 
You could put an offer in over here if you got a real estate agent to put an offer in and it got accepted. When the time came, the banks would deny the loan. Correct. And say, no, that's not inside the red line and I should have a red pen, but this is your area over here. You have to buy in this area right here. Now, what they did... So that's like segregation. Uh, that's, yeah. uh, it's a, that's the whole point Correct. of it. That is the <laughs> no, point of redlining. Your only way out was to have some inside scoop. Yeah, you had to know somebody who knew somebody in order to get yeah. outside of that realm. Or you had to be cash. You had to be able to say, Correct. hey, I'll buy it cash. But here's what they did because you see how on the map the proportion of land available to minorities was disproportionate to the total population. So then they created special zoning requirements. You all know them right now as uh, UR, which is urban residential. Mm -hmm. So a plot of land that is in an urban residential area here in our local area, you can have up to four uh, units on that same one plot of land. The reason why they had to change this was because of overcrowding and there would not be enough houses in the shaded area. So they said, well, we'll allow up to four houses on each plot of land. So that way that we can quadruple the amount of houses that we could put in order to house the minorities. So I, I don't know how it is in other people who, who are watching uh, the podcast where they're from, but I can tell you in certain parts of Virginia, is that kind of why you go through some of these lower income areas and the yard that they're single family homes detached, but they're like on top of each Correct. other. Absolutely. Correct. Absolutely. You need to put on some butter just to walk into your backyard. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And, and and they made the the frontage requirements a lot smaller. Mm. You know, if you go into certain areas, you the the frontage is fifty feet. So you yeah. have to have fifty feet of frontage. But in other areas, eh, it could be 25 feet of frontage. So like half that, so you could put two houses there. You could put two houses there. Correct, But it is how they controlled the population. But again, the problem with it is, 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 is that it's still affecting communities today, yeah. 55 years later. And all of the things that we talked about today, 100% they're still going on. They're just going on at levels that may or may not be seen you know, one of the things that came out of the last housing market collapse, if you look at the Frank Dodd Act, it said that the majority of people who were loan officers were, one, unlicensed. There was no licensing, no credentials that were needed. It was a friend of a family. I ran the bank, and you were my friend's son. Come on, Robert. Come so on. You, you can work in the bank with me, yeah. and you'll be in charge of giving out loans. Now, you could be a criminal, hmm. and you could still be in charge of giving out money to other people and controlling who got a loan and who didn't get a loan. Man, that's, uh, that's horrible, and it's still going on to this day. You can see it, even, even if it's less than it is, you can see the residuals in the communities. Like, I've, I've gone in... I mean, you and I, when we first, when I first started in real estate, I, I started with you and we started in, uh, I'm just going to, I mean, Portsmouth. Yeah. And we started in Portsmouth together. And that's how I learned real estate was going through the hoods of Portsmouth. P-town, P-town. Yeah. P-town, yeah. I didn't care. You know, I, I, I walked in there and, you know, 
Yeah. But look, the, the, Myself, the, the thing care. about it is, is, is it made us better real estate agents because of it. Yeah. Because we took on the hardest so the, people the, get pre The hardest for people, the people that yeah. nobody else wanted to work with. <clears throat> you know, there's probably somebody out there right now that might be listening to this and be like, hey, I called this real estate agent and they wouldn't give me the time of day. Correct. You know, they told me uh, that I wouldn't qualify, but they didn't even really check anything. Like all of that was going on and it's still going on today. Yeah. People are just being a little bit more discreet about it, but it still happens to this day. But because you and I took on that tough task, it made us better, wiser, more knowledgeable real estate agents because not only did we learn the real estate side of it, we learned the financial side of it. Yeah. We learned like, okay, what is what does it take to get somebody qualified? Like what do they need to be at? What are the requirements? What are the guidelines? What does the policy say? So for, because we know that, it's hard for someone to challenge us. Yeah, it's and you know, I'll tell you, <clears throat> all of us here at the table, and I'm having a frog in my throat today. <clears> oh <throat> goodness gracious. So I'm sure all of y'all here has it has any of your clientele ever asked you, like, I just want to live in a good neighborhood? I don't want to live in a bad neighborhood? Yeah. All, the time. All, All the time. All the time. All the time. First but, question. So how do you handle that? Well, oh. the, the problem is, is they don't understand where we came from. So, <laughs> yeah. so you ask me what's a bad neighborhood. I'm like, well, yeah, yeah this yeah. isn't bad. And that's but true. That, that, that varies it's, everywhere. It's subjective. With everyone, yeah. A yeah. good neighborhood or a bad neighborhood is subjective based off of a person's past. If you've been and you've lived in some tough spots, something might not be as bad to you. So it's like, nah, this isn't bad. Yeah. So it's not even a question that someone should ask someone else because it's so subjective. Yeah. Because everybody has different values. Like, 100%. I could tell you when I, before I was a real estate agent, when I bought my house, um, what I thought was a good neighborhood because I had small children was what's really fire schools. I really want good schools. That's... That was really my main thing, and uh, that was considered a good neighborhood to me as long as the schools were great. But somebody else who don't have kids, like, man, forget schools. I want to be close to the bars and the nightlife or something like that. That might be considered a good neighborhood, something that's jumping, lively. You know, that's a good neighborhood. Or maybe somebody has doesn't have kids and they have nothing but dogs. And they're like, well, I need a big old yard for my dogs to run around in. You know, so it's... It's kind of a tough question for a real estate agent to answer anyway, yeah, let alone yeah. just the fair housing stuff. But just, you know, I mean, how do you answer that? That's It's hard to get in it and get your hands in it without touching sometimes one of these subjects we've talked about today, either right. the steering, the redlining, or the, um, the uh, what was yours? Uh, Blockbusting. Block block right. um, it's hard to get into it. What I do is... I put it back on the client. Exactly. Uh, yeah. And that's the, exactly. that's the smartest thing to do. I have to remove myself from it because, like Josh said, you know, what's tough for me is not tough for you. Right. right. You know, yeah. you probably couldn't survive inside a neighborhood that I think is normal, you know. Yeah. Um, but, right. you know, I put it back on the client. You know, I tell them the references. I tell them goodschools.com. I think you've. Great you've, schools. Great schools. Great schools. schools. Great schools. Good, great. But what, <laughs> <Better>. about, <laughs> what about the websites we could send them to the, to check out the demographics of the neighborhood? Of the crime right, and so on exactly. and so forth. So yeah. Just yeah. Kind of refer that back to them instead of trying to even rationalize or tell them which ones are good or bad. And then the old school stuff. You know, I'll tell a client in a heartbeat, you know, hey, if you like this house, 
and you're concerned about such and such, come back to this via, this to this house at, in the evening. Yeah, and check it out. You know, just just come drive the neighborhood in the evening. You can kind of see so much more because let let's be honest. I, I, I don't know where Josh is from, but listen. Uh, the neighborhood I came from after nine o'clock. <laughs> yeah, there was that's a reason. Day, hey, that's when the day starts, man. Yeah. There was a reason we had to be in before that's the street it. lights came that's on. That's when the day starts. So, so you know, let them drive in the evening. If they don't like what they see, then you know what, we move on. It's that easy. Yeah, yeah. I, I think I get that. A lot of uh, a lot of clientele they're they're mostly concerned with safety and security. So, I always ask them a question of what they mean by you know. Usually they mean crime, you know, low crime. And and so I will say, okay, well, what type of crime is, you know, suitable for you or, or acceptable to you rather, not suitable. That's, <laughs> nobody thinks it's suitable. But what kind of crime is acceptable to you? Because the crime happens in any neighborhood. Absolutely. You know, so let me ask, you know, I'll, maybe I'll ask some of the audience this. When you, when you think to yourself, what is considered a good neighborhood and bad neighborhood when it comes to security? What about pedophiles? Do you like Ooh, them in your neighborhood? That's a good one. Do you like pedophiles in your neighborhood? Because I'll bet you if you go on Megan's Law website and you look around your neighborhood, man, you're going to hate hate me after I tell you this. But go ahead and look up uh, the sex offender registry. It depends and, on you, if you got kids. Exactly. Some people yeah. don't have kids. Yeah. Or they have no plans for kids. You know? Right. You know? Yeah, but but maybe they're not about kids. Maybe they're about offending others. Yeah, but if you, you know? think about that, though, you know, most pedophiles probably would live in one neighborhood. One that's loaded with kids. So so think about you got to ask yourself. You got to be careful what you wish for, because you know there are a lot of neighborhoods where you know people who are pedophiles and sex offenders and things like that. It would be very difficult for them to live in those neighborhoods. Mm-hmm. Just yeah. saying. Yeah, I mean that's one of them. But uh, do you get nervous as an agent when you got this single guy and he's trying to check school zones? <laughs> he's, trying to, he's trying to move into a kid-populated oh, neighborhood. What do you do, man? I, oh man, I don't want anything about that. Uh, kids, man. No, no. Going on the wrong rabbit hole. Oh man, that's bad. I mean, Josh brought it up. Now I got to thinking about it. Yeah, I mean that's one type of crime. I mean, but right. what they might think of like, well, I don't want a bunch of murders around me. I'm like, well, what kind of murders? Are we talking about gang violence murders? Are we talking about vehicular manslaughter? Somebody actually ran somebody over, you know? I mean, or we're talking about petty crime, like, you know, stealing your Amazon packages. There's (laughs) people that follow trucks around and steal Or stealing your change out your car or something. Well, I don't have the stats on it, but I would assume Majority of the yeah. clients would, yeah, I'm next cop. So, majority of the clients I'm are talking about building. violent crimes and heavy theft. Those are the biggest two deterrents that they want to stay the heck away from. Like burglaries and stuff like that? Absolutely. Yeah. You leave, and as soon as you leave, he's coming in the back door? In Come the back. on, man. I don't want that. Right. <laughs> I think sometimes it's uh, neighborhood aesthetics play uh, a role in it. And I, I would just, I would tell people, like, look, one of the things, if you if you really care about neighborhood aesthetics, you know how the how the neighborhood looks. Look at pride of ownership. Okay, right. are people out there cutting their grass? Are they you know trimming their hedges? Are they keeping their houses clean? That's pride of ownership, and that can happen 
in any neighborhood. Oh, do their Christmas lights look like a rock star concert? <laughs> yeah, like something like that. <laughs> uh, offhand, that was one of my uh, side hobbies is trying to. I'm sorry, y'all. You Christmas guys didn't get show. to see the, the the pre of that, but I but we got to witness some of Rob's new newfound love hobbies. Uh, yeah, I, I like I like complicated hobbies, so that's. I'll share that with you when I got that done, but uh, anyway. <laughs> but on a more serious note, I'm not going to lie to you guys. I have been asked by people before that they don't want to live in a community where they're the minority, and they look a little bit like me. Hmm. I've had that happen quite a few times, and uh, I'm not going to say a lot. I'd say maybe more on one hand. I, I can count probably on one hand. Um, I don't keep a running demographic list in my car. <laughs> to show people right. where the the brightest areas are and the darkest areas are. So that's not something I do, but because realistically, I, so I was, you guys were all in the military, right. you know, and I don't know if anybody's ever served before, but as a veteran who did it for 20 years, I can tell you that you could take every boy, everybody, from every place around the United States, from different neighborhoods, different income levels, and you put them in one area. When I was on a ship, I was sleeping two feet from the next guy, and we were all showering together, buck-ass naked. You didn't have to go there. You didn't, you didn't, <laughs> oh you didn't have to go there. Oh every color God. of the rainbow in one shower. You did not have imagine. to go there. <laughs> so if you had any type of... <laughs> <laughs> you didn't have to go that there. went away real quick. <laughs> no, but seriously, you, you, you did work together. Yeah. You went on missions together. You, you you did deployments together. You embraced the suck together. Yep. So, for somebody like us, maybe yeah, as veterans and stuff, it's it's kind of hard when somebody says you don't want to live near certain people. From like, but why? You know, you don't know this dude might have helped save my life, or you don't know this dude might have you know, help me out when I was in a jam, when I was in the military or something like that, you know? Yeah, I mean, but it's as difficult as it is for you, it's equally as difficult for us because there are some people who won't even work with us just because of who we are. They see us for one thing. They don't care about how knowledgeable we are. Mm. They don't care about how we may be the very best person to help them out of their situation. They only see one thing, and the thing that they see, they don't like. They don't want to be a part of it, and so for that reason, it's like the Shark Tank. They're out. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it's tough all the way. I mean, the funny thing is, Rob, I've been in the same scenario reverse. Yeah. I've had a client say, hey, are any of us living out here? <laughs> you know? Right. And, yeah. and, and, I think like we all you, have. And I can tell as you talked about it, it's, it's hard to talk about because, one, it's your client. That's yeah. your livelihood. So you're not going to lose your client. Right. You know, so then you're sitting there and you're trying to figure out how do I engage this, mm -hmm. keep myself safe, but don't piss them off <laughs> because they right. move on. They'll yeah. move on right or wrong. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, I mean, it's tough, man. It's tough, but Education again, I, I go back. I pull back, man. I'm telling you, you know, there's there's there are graphs out there that show you the demographics. If that if it's that important to you, you find it for yourself. I ain't gonna tell you. Yeah, there's you know census I mean? data out there, or whatever. Yeah. You know, it's probably two years old, but you know, look it up, man. Yeah. I, I, I can't tell you like this is the whitest area possible for right. you. 
Um, it usually doesn't come off like that either. It's it's usually more underhanded. Um, but uh, I know what they're getting at. Um, but I have experienced some difficulties working with uh, Asian clients. Um, it's just hard for me to earn their trust. I don't know what the hell. And, and I hate to draw it like a, a commonality on it, but I can't close Indian clients. I tried, you know, and I've worked really hard. And uh, it's not because of who you are. You know what? No. You know what? The, you know what the deal is. I mean, it's I know this from, from thing, years of being in sales. No, they love the negotiation. They want to close the deal themselves. They don't really yeah. want you. They don't oh, need you. I got you. But because they're not licensed, they have to use you. Yeah. But they really don't want. They would rather talk to that darn client directly and cut you out right yeah. now. Yeah. That's really all it, it is. It, it's got nothing to do with you. And, <laughs> and it is their culture. Their Correct. culture, they love to negotiate. They love to, you know, to barter. And, you know, like for most people in America, like we'll argue somebody down to yeah. the dirt. Like we'll, like we'll both be passed out on the floor, no breath left in our lungs. That's how they, that's what they, they love do. It, they man. love to negotiate. Oh. They love to barter. Even after you get, your client under contract, they will still try to go back and negotiate <laughs> and get something Correct. else Correct. because it's just how they view winning. They view winning, it, they view every transaction as a win or a loss. And if they don't feel like they got enough in order for it to be a win, then they'll try to get one more thing out of it, you know, whatever He's that so one right. more thing He's is. So just right. to piggyback off of what Josh is saying, being from Trinidad and Tobago, where the population is about 60% Indian. That's how we go to the market. Yep. Correct. It's not a, it's not like an American store where the price is the price. There the you go. price is the starting point and then go it's like an auction yeah, everywhere yep. you go. So you're taking somebody out of their country that says when you go to the market, which is what we call it, right? Not not the grocery store, but the market. Okay? 50 cents? Yeah. Let's see how I can get this for fifteen cents. So, so don't feel bad, Rob. It's and that's not also biblical. You. It says uh, a, a man will go and and say it wasn't worth it, but then go down the street and rejoice and see how you got got it for a bargain. So, I mean, that, yeah, that's older than <laughs> yeah. It's, book. it's probably it, these are things our experience before just conveniently forgetting because I mean we've been overseas to oh, yeah. uh, my I, friend. I, I've been to Hong Kong. I've been to Middle East several times, and I've had a barter and barter and until I got just exhausted from it. I'm just like, come on, just give me a good price. Jeez. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Let's see. Just and, for you, and, my and friend. I'm like give the you American this. customer. You know, you earn American. You know, you get past that first deal, you earn their trust. The next deal's easier. Nah. <laughs> yeah, keep working. Next harder. deal, same thing all over. Game on, all over again, man. <laughs> yeah. It's definitely cultural. Yeah. So good neighborhoods and bad neighborhoods. Simple. Simple. It's, it's, it's the neighborhood that you live in and the one that you invest in. That's the best one. That's that's it. It's your values. It's what you consider, you know, most like you and, and, and what you value. It's it's a personal value thing. So that's really what it comes down to. Um, but uh, there's – look, guys – we talked about like resources and stuff people can look at. Unfortunately, your agent can't just tell you good news, you know, good neighborhood or bad neighborhood. Even if they look like you, they might have different values than you. They might be veterans. They might be, you know, mixed in their cultures or something like that. So they might have different values. So they might tell you something different and that you wanted to hear. Unfortunately, you know, you can't always re rely on what an agent said because, I mean, we had a, a, 
I hate to bring this up, but uh, we had an agent uh, that got shot in the got shot in the head in uh, Portsmouth because, and that's in Virginia. And uh, I don't know what the whole story was, but evidently. Uh, he had a client that bought sight unseen and he bought in good old P town where we first started real estate and, uh, a guy got, got shot and that was it. Yeah. I mean, but that's just one of many stories throughout the country. Um, you know, it's an inherent risk that we, you know, have to go Mm -hmm. and, and, you know, deal with, um, not too long ago over the summer, there was a, a young lady who was showing a house in Norfolk and gunfire erupted and, you know, she was her and her clients were down on the floor. Like, I mean, obviously that's a clear sign to mm-hmm. your your client. Like, Is that a good neighborhood? <laughs> I, bad neighborhood that I actually experienced something like <laughs> yeah. that too. Yeah. Wow, I yeah. did. We mm-hmm. were at the house. We went out the back door, and we had pop, pop, pop. You're like, all right, that's not the one. <laughs> yeah, yep. And and that's the thing. I mean, we because we go all over. We see everything. Yeah, yeah. <clears throat> you know. I've seen drug deals happen right in front of me. Like, right. You know, Rob, you were showing a, a client a house one time and, you know, something happened where, you know, there was a guy who came oh, out. Oh, Jesus. Yeah. Tell him. Yeah. Well, no, I was uh, showing this client a house in a, uh, in a neighborhood that looks like they didn't take much flack off people, so to speak. So I showed him a house and, uh, he came out, and uh, this guy was stacked about five foot five, five foot seven, and he was young, and he had a young bride, and um, I was locking up, and they were walking towards their vehicle. And by the way, there was no parking, like like a driveway. Yeah, it was like, street parking. Yeah, it was street parking. So they actually had to park further away. You in P town? Not P town. Norfolk. Like, well, I won't, I'm not gonna like. <laughs> I'm gonna dog it out, but like anyway, so yeah, it was something like that. Anyway, yeah. so, <laughs> so I'm locking up, and some gentleman on the street comes up and starts talking and hollering at his wife right in front of him. Mm. And uh, this dude was about—I'm six foot two. I'm 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 weighing in about 250 pounds. <laughs> this dude. This is going. This dude was about my size. And uh, he started uh, talking to his girl, and I'm about, I don't know, 30 feet away. And he started stepping to this guy. He said, what did you say to my wife? And I'm like, I ran over there. (laughs) 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 And I'm like, oh, hey, how you doing, sir? I was just showing a house down here. These guys were just leaving. Appreciated everything, man. Hope you're doing well, you know. Yeah, yeah. Have a good day. the situation. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And I I told him, and... um, I said, uh, I said to him, I was like, hey, look, um, I thought I lost the client there. So I just figured I'd give him a, a dad speech because he was a lot younger than me. <laughs> so I just said, look, you know, this is, uh, this is his neighborhood. We're guests. Okay. So don't act a fool and just be lucky he was alone. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You, you saved him that day, man. Saved yeah. yeah. It could have really bad. Yeah. That could have gone real bad. Yeah, so I just was respectful to the gentleman. Said, "Hey, you know everything's cool. We're get, we're just leaving, and we were just visiting, and now we're done. <laughs> have a nice day. Yeah. How fast you get out of here? Fast. Me, not quickly. I don't have much fear of things I should be afraid of. But good, good, good. <laughs> so, like, and when we used to work P Town, you know what? Mm-hmm. You know what my crazy ass used to do? 
I used to dress up in khakis and a polo shirt, and I used to wear Oakley sunglasses, and I would have a military-style haircut, mm-hmm. so I would look like a cop. Oh, my God. So- yeah. <laughs> yeah, he, he 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 first had a diesel F what one fifty fifty F two fifty. I remember through. that the yeah, gray one that was yeah. black. That was black. Black. Yeah, yeah, black. Yeah, black. And and then he said, oh, "I'm gonna switch it up a little bit." And he went with the all the black now the black on black jag. Jack, yeah, yeah, I went to jag. And then the, the cops started pulling me over. <laughs> yep, all the time. Yep. I was like, geez, what you guys pull me over for? Man. And you were like, you got the Broham package. <laughs> Didn't I tell you? I said, you got yeah. the Broham package, man. That's why I got a white but, car. But that's a whole nother discussion. We can get the mics going yeah. all night about stuff like that. Oh, man. But, uh. Because yeah. you're a cop. You used to pull Broham packages over? Nah, man. I worked in downtown Newport News, man. We don't have time to pull nobody over. Ain't oh, nothing but nothing head busting and trying to stay alive and make it home. Yeah. Nah, we didn't pull nobody over. I think I may have written maybe five tickets in the time I was there. Wow. And they were always because of an accident. (laughs) That's the only reason you got a ticket. You to hit somebody. Oh, man. But you've been in a lot of different neighborhoods over there and stuff like that. Yeah, without a doubt. Without a doubt. So you definitely saw the effects of fair housing law practices uh, that were not being followed in some of these neighborhoods. Correct. That's still going on today, like Josh said. Yeah, Yeah, man. It's just underhanded. They're They're just not as upfront about it. Yeah. Yeah, I, th- I really believe that's happening. Oh, yeah. They're just not being so flamboyant with it, just doing it right there in front of your face. Yeah. All right, well, ladies and gentlemen, if you really want to know where a good neighborhood is and a bad neighborhood based on what your wants and needs, unfortunately, you're going to have to do your own little research here. There's different websites out there. You can check out Area Vibes. Area Vibes, um, this is not sponsored, by the way. I'm just telling you where to go. There's people that write all types of talk about certain neighborhoods good or bad so go check out area vibes there's neighborhood scout go check out neighborhood scout that's another one you know greatschools.org if you were like me and just really like you know school quality uh there's next door that's that app you know people talk trash about their neighbors all day long all day long yes i'm next door so if you really want to know what the banter is in that neighborhood and the pulse on everything check out next door uh there's also like one of y'all said a local crime data correct yeah so yeah, i think crime spotter yeah there's, something like there's that. a couple of them yeah, yeah. there's a couple of them some there's, of them they have some real nice overlays when you get in there you, you just pull up the map and you can see an overlay you can even drill down you know petty loss and it tells you the type of crimes that were committed oh yeah it has so a little it's, like it's target deep. sign yeah, in there for deep. murders i mm, saw it that it's really deep yeah yeah but uh but that's it that's all i got to offer well one 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 one, one yeah, yeah 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 to the agents who are not adhering by this and they're assuming, and they start to try and steer their clients or start to try and, and uh, blockbuster with their clients, listen, be careful and don't assume because I, I gained a deal the other day, and I'm not going to talk about who the agent is because they actually told me who it was, so I will definitely not say their name. But, you know, they, <laughs> they started and initiated the talks about where they thought this client should be and telling him, about what they felt like the crime was in the house that they were looking at. Turned off. Fired them. That's that's crazy, yep. man. Sold them. I sold them a house in less than two weeks. So thank you. <laughs> but you better stop. Right. Because what, 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 what could happen is... Some of these guys will report you, but yeah, and, yeah. and and it won't end that it won't end as easy as just Shaq stealing your deal. 
Right. It's yeah. going to end. You didn't steal it. She gave it away. Well, you're right. I didn't steal it. Earned it. I earned it. But thank you anyway. I'm still saying thank you. Alley oop. There we go. But on a serious note, these practices. It causes devastation to neighborhoods for generations because what that's doing is because in real estate, if you can look at any chart, it'll tell you like housing in general. If they if they do just like the national stats, that over time it goes up and down. It it it, it ends up gaining equity over time. But if you're in areas where stuff where unfair practices are happening. It doesn't allow that community to have a fair shot of progressive equity building over time. That cuts out wealth building for folks because what is one of the most biggest assets for wealth building of lower and middle class? Of anybody. Pretty much anybody. Every billionaire, you ask them how they became a billionaire was through real estate. That's it. So it is the biggest asset wealth building mechanism in this country and across the globe. That's yeah. why there's a lot of Chinese investors who buy houses here in America. Yeah, and I heard the market in China is not doing too well either. That's another topic. Anyway, yeah. Sorry, that's nerd stuff. You guys <laughs> want to know about that. Anyway, that's it, man. That's all I got. I think we're going to go ahead and end this podcast. You guys got anything else you want to add? Thank you for the invite. This was oh. very, very No, good. I really enjoyed it, man. I really enjoyed it. As a matter of fact, you guys, we got to get my wife up here. <laughs> oh, we yeah. got to talk some <laughs> staging stuff next, you know? <laughs> yeah, man. got to get her up some here. houses. Yeah. yeah. We'll right. do it. Yeah, for sure, man. We'll, get, we'll figure out another topic in the future on that. But, yeah. uh, anyhow, I got it already. You got it? Yeah. All right. There's, there's, there's I'm a, wearing there, it tonight, man. There is Did y'all catch it? There's an ongoing <laughs> debate about whether or not houses that are staged sell faster than houses that are not staged. I think that would be a great topic for the people who do the staging. Yeah, that and solar panels and everything else we want to talk oh. about. Yeah, we're, we're going oh. to get to them soon. Oh, God, we got something brewing heavy for that. Even that and how to stop getting screwed by contractors, how to negotiate with those fools stop, so they can stop taking advantage of people. All, yeah. all the next episodes, we're Man, still working on that. You just some deep ones right there. Yeah. yeah. Guys, if you like this podcast, please go ahead and give us a like. Let us know you like it. If you haven't subscribed to either, please consider subscribing. Turn on that bell notification. If you like dropping a tip, go ahead and hit that super thanks button. It's a little heart icon at the bottom. Um, and if you are on uh, Spotify or Apple Music, this will be like our first episode on there. I'm not sure what you guys are supposed to do. Follow, subscribe. I'm not sure yet. I'll figure that out later. But thanks for watching. See you soon.